You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 60. We're talking about chopping the writer's block before it roundhouse kicks you in the face. What's up? Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, who has a face for audio. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Glad to be back with you. It's been a crazy couple of weeks. We've moved and things are looking up. We're finally settled in and the studio is all set up in the new house. I'm super excited and working out some bugs. So I don't know what you're going to hear, how it's going to go. Somebody may just walk in, whatever. I don't know. But I'm so glad to be back with you this week. And I wanted to tell you really quick that um before we get into the conversation about chopping the writer's block and what, what I do to actually get out of writer's block, I want to say, I'd love for you to connect with me on Instagram or on my church, on my, uh, seminary of hard knocks, Facebook group, uh, for Instagram, I'm putting out a lot of stuff that I don't put anywhere else stories. I'm very active there. Love to engage with you. You can DM me, ask me questions, um, or just comment on things that I'm putting out. Let's have a conversation about it. And maybe we can come up with something even better than what either one of us have ever done. So I'd love to get to know you there. Our Facebook group is pretty active too. We're, uh, it's been a little dead here the last couple of weeks cause I haven't been around. We're back in that. That's going, cr- that's going great. Can't wait to see and meet you. There's several hundred people in there already that are interacting and, and asking questions about church communications and social media at Instagram and marketing. And it's really, really great. So join that group or, and follow me on Instagram. Cause I'm putting stuff there that only you can only find on the Instagram account. So please do that. Uh, today's show notes are going to be found at sethmuse.com slash 60. Man, I can't believe I'm at episode 60 now. I'm creeping up on 100. I'm excited. Uh, I can't wait to get there. But today, I want to have a quick conversation about church uh, copywriting, really, is what we're talking about. The, the copywriting tends to be the last thought on a lot of people's minds. But before it roundhouse kicks you in the face like Chuck Norris, we need to know how to get out of writer's block. Because we get to that point... And we're like, oh, I can't write anything. So let's talk real quick about writer's block. Here we go. All right, all right. Let's get into this real quick. Anytime we talk about chopping stuff down, it reminds me of one of my favorite characters in all of history, and that is Chuck Norris. And I bet there's a lot of things you didn't know about Chuck Norris. Did you know that the chief export of Chuck Norris is pain? Or, or that crop circles, crop circles, remember those? That's actually Chuck's way of telling the world that sometimes corn just needs to lie down. You know, there's no real theory of evolution either. That's just a, that's just a myth. It's actually just a list of animals that Chuck allows to live. He's already been to Mars and that's why there's no signs of life. When the boogeyman goes to sleep at night, he actually checks his closet for Chuck Norris. Most people even have 23 chromosomes, but Chuck has 72 and they're all poisonous. But Chuck Norris's tears can actually cure cancer. It's just too bad he's never cried. And that, which that leads us to the ultimate question of the universe. And that is how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck Norris? All of it. That's how much wood a woodchuck could chuck if a woodchuck could chuck Norris. Like a woodchuck could chuck Norris. That's impossible. Today we're talking about chopping the writer's block. And as 
as best as Chuck Norris can do it, we're going to try to chop down some of those barriers that actually stop us from being able to write great copy. You show up at work, you got a great day, and then you're asked to write an article for the bulletin or a blurb for uh, an event that's going online, or maybe you're at a church where you're actually writing press releases or whatever your situation is, uh, a social media caption even for Instagram or for Facebook, you're going to have to write something somewhere as a communication director. And I know if you're anything like me, you get stuck. You just get to the, to the page and and that cursor just blinks at you. And you're like, I have no idea what to write about this. I've written this a million times. I've written blurbs a million times. I feel like I'm saying the same things over and over. I'm bored with this. How do you get out of it? Well, I'm going to give you some of the things that I do to help trigger kind of that writing flow that leads to some really great copy because copy is so important in the church. It's actually what gives people meaning to all the stuff that you're showing them. Pictures are worth a thousand words, but 10 words can get somebody to actually get off of their butt and go do something. 10 words can actually get somebody to say, you know what? I think I am going to try that out. I think I am going to go to that Bible study. I think I might actually want to connect with a home group. So it's the words that actually give context to all the other images and videos and cool stuff we make. And without the words, people really don't have clarity of what they're supposed to do. And so copy is super important in the church world. It's often the last minute uh, thought If you can think through this as you're creating your materials, how am I going to talk about this? It really helps with the copy thing. So let me give you some of the things that really helped me break out of my copywriting slump and get through those barriers when I feel like I have that writer's block. So one of the first things I do is, uh, and if I'm writing a talk or something, this really helps too, but I might just write the word intro at the top of my page. And, and I know that sounds really weird, but sometimes if I have, uh, like if when I'm writing a blurb or whatever, I have a little intro sentence or something I need to write. And if I just write the word intro colon and fill in the blank, sometimes just writing something actually gets my brain going and helps me fill in the blank. What's the intro? Oh, the intro is obviously this. And it's like, oh, I didn't know that was even in my brain. So it just came naturally. It's really a weird tick that I have. Maybe you have it too, but sometimes just writing something helps you write a bunch of other stuff later. It's a jump start. It's a, it's a way of just, just starting something and seeing what happens. And maybe that's not part of your, how you do things, but if, if it's not, especially try that, just write intro or, or start or opening or something that works for you at the top that says, Hey, we're starting. Hey brain, we're going to start writing now and you're going to be part of it. So wake up. It's a great way to just jumpstart what's going on upstairs so that you can write uh, on the on the pages and write what you need to write. Second thing that I do sometimes is I like to read something that inspires me before I write. So if I need to write a blurb, I might go to other churches' websites and read their blurbs, like churches that are good. Or if I'm writing an email that's for actually the emails that I write, I often will go to the hustle email and read the hustle just to kind of get my mind in this, in that tongue in cheek kind of feel of writing before I go write something that I want it to sound like. Cause I like the way the hustle writes and model a lot of what I write after the hustle. And, and, and it's kind of changing a little bit now. I know that they have staff coming in and out, but it's still that same tongue in cheek kind of uh, cheeky kind of way of, of looking at tech news. And I never thought I'd care about, you know, like that kind of, that kind of tech news at all, but it's so interesting and so entertaining 
that I have to read it. And so that's the kind of way I want my writing to sound. So I'll read something that's very inspirational that kind of is in the already the same vein of what I want it to sound like. And sometimes that really helps jumpstart me, get me in this, in the mindset, get me in the mood to write to my audience. And that might work for you. So start with read by reading something that's already kind of like what you want to do. Don't copy it. But you might use it to start and then it becomes your own thing. Uh, if you've ever seen a movie called Finding Forrester with Sean Connery as the star, he, he, he talks about this principle of writing a lot. And it's kind of his own thing. He says, copy even copies. And that's kind of what the movie's about is that he's copies somebody else's stuff until it becomes yours which is a weird concept. It's not stealing it. It's saying, let's start here. And then at the end, you cut off what you copied and you keep your stuff and it inspires you to write something great. So read something, write something that inspires you before you go and write your newsletter or whatever it is. So you can get in that mindset and that in that voice and in that tone that you want to convey, because that's really, really helpful. All right. Third thing, start in the middle. Sometimes I don't know how to start. I write that word intro at the top and nothing happens. So then I go, well, I know what the rest of this is supposed to be like. So I'll write the middle. I'll write the middle section. Like I've, I've already been writing. I'll say, so the second point is this, like I've already written something and I have nothing, but starting in the middle sometimes, um, gets the rest of it written. And so my mind starts wrapping around writing the middle of the thing. And then I can go back and go, okay, well, what will be a great intro for what I've already written? Now I've got some context and the brain's ready to go. And so it really, really does help, which, which honestly leads me to the fourth thing I want to tell you, write the structure outline down. You know, even if you're just writing three sentences, um, a great, um, a great formula would be to write like, uh, the middle sentence, which is kind of your your problem solution type sentence, you'll you'll state a problem in the first sentence. This is like typical sales copy, and it really works if you think about this for the church. Your first sentence is kind of your problem. Your second sentence is your solution, and your third sentence is the call to action. And basically, it's how your life's going to be better when you actually do what we're telling you to do. So, if you had those three sentences in a blurb, you have that idea, but you have no idea how you want to state the problem but you know what the solution is. All right. So you start with the solution. So write that. And then you come back and state the problem. It's just kind of working it from any angle that your mind is actually allowing you to work on. Sometimes the mind is like its own thing and, it, and you're just like at its mercy. And right now it's like, yeah, I'm not, you're, I'm not giving you anything on the first of that, that blurb you've got to write, but I'm, I'm going to help you with the end. Cool. Let's do that first then. Cause you know, my stupid brain is not working with me. It's doing its own thing. It's kind of being high maintenance. So let's, let's go with what we can get. And then maybe we'll come back to the end and work it out. But if I write the structure of the outline down, I know these are the parts I need. That's a great way for me then to have the freedom to let, to stop hanging up on that one part I don't have. And it allows me to go to the other parts that I do have and get things done. And so that way I can be a little more productive. Another thing I like to do, and this is number five, I like to change my location. Sometimes I'm writing in my office all day and I, and I can need to close the door, turn on some focus music. Like uh, one of my favorite things is to turn on, um, oh, what's the name of the church? Austin Stone Church. They have a couple of instrumental, uh, I think it's called the Reveille and the Reveille 2, something like that. I love those albums. I have a, on a Spotify playlist called Focus and I threw those in there. I think there's some other stuff in there. Uh, somebody told me about, it. I can't remember what they are, but anyway, it's not, not important. I put on some music and I'm writing. 
Well, sometimes that doesn't work either. So I need to get up and actually go to somewhere else. I'll go to a conference room. I'll go sit out in the lobby. I may actually go outside if I need to write something. Because honestly, one of the things is I just need to get away where people can't just walk into my office and interrupt. I need that down, that focus, that deep work kind of time. But also I I just need to change a pace. I might need to go to to Nerdvana, which is this great uh, coffee shop, video game slash restaurant thing in Frisco, or I might need to go to Starbucks and and just hang out and be out there in that atmosphere or something like that. So changing my location is okay. You need to give yourself permission to do that. Like, Hey, I've got some things to write. It's important that I get these things done. It's a newsletter. It's a, maybe it's, you're thinking through a a giving campaign. How are we going to talk about this and all that? Get away for a bit, go write. It's important that this is good. So change your location, get out of the office, because when you're in the office, that's where, you know, Rhonda is. Rhonda likes to talk about the bachelor all the time and she has coffee breath and, and Rhonda doesn't understand that you don't have time just to sit around and hang out and talk about reality shows that are, you know, sucking the life out of America. All you need to do is get her out of your office so you can talk. Rhonda can't find you at Starbucks. So Rhonda is not going to bother you there. Get out of there. Go change your location is change the scenery is awesome. Um, Let's let's call this number six. You need to turn your phone off. Now, this isn't really a, a, a writer's block hack, but sometimes you need to really just put yourself in a position where you're not going to be interrupted. A lot of times we could write, we could, if we could just stop the interruptions. You know, besides Rhonda being a jerk, uh, well, she's not being a jerk, bless her heart. She just wants to talk to somebody about The Bachelor and, and you don't want to talk about it. But Besides that, you've got people coming in that need things from you, people coming in asking you questions, your boss has a surprise meeting, whatever. You, you, you work in the church, man. There, there's a schedule, but it's like, it's like on the wall is a joke, right? There's a schedule that you work, but that's kind of a, that's kind of a funny thing we talk about. Yeah, I work 8.30 to 4.30, Monday through Friday. Yeah, except when I have to work all the other hours of the week. Too. So, you know, turn your phone off. Don't let Facebook go off. Don't let Instagram go off. Just hit the do not disturb and give yourself some actual time away. Six, you know, I read this stat and I think I, um, I actually cite this study. You can go look at it in the blog, um, sethnews.com. There's a blog that's about writer's block as well. And I'll link to it in the show notes, but in that blog, it says that it takes actually once you're distracted from work, it takes about 16 to 23 minutes to really refocus your brain again into a deep focus mode. So if you think about it, every 10 minutes, if you're getting distracted, you are never entering deep focus work at all during the day. If there's a distraction every 10 minutes, you're never getting that deep work time. And if you're not getting that, you're probably ending the day exhausted, feeling like you didn't accomplish anything. And even the stuff you did, you may not be proud of because you felt like I just kind of did it fast. I didn't have time. And so that's one of those things where if you turn your phone off, you need to make sure you've got this, this, what we call white space in our team, where we're allowing white space around us so that we can see things clearly and be able to focus. Um, it's really, really great. And the last one I'm going to say is just a word of warning. Whenever you're writing, it's always good to, um, to avoid procrastinating. 
And I know, I know it's so typical. It's typical of creatives. It's typical of church work because a lot of times we don't have somebody on us. There's a lot of, there's some deadlines, but maybe they're flexible. Uh, there's a lot of grace in the church, but it's easy for us to procrastinate. And the bottom line is if we procrastinate, we actually rob ourselves of being able to do quality work and quality work especially with copywriting requires some time because you're going to write something. You need to be able to read it, proofread it, hand it to somebody else, step away from it a while, then come back to it. And you may think, man, this is just a social media caption. Maybe that's not, you don't need all that for social, but if you're writing the copy for a Bible study, that's going out to hundreds of people in your church, or if you're writing something that's going to be seen on the website for, for months and months and months while this event or something is being promoted, or if you're helping with a, with a giving campaign that could impact the income of your church, that's the kind of stuff people need to put their eyes on it. You need to let it sit for a second. Copy is important. And if you're going to think through it properly, then you need to give yourself the time to actually get it done. So if you procrastinate, you do it the last minute, you might save the day once or twice with a miracle sentence or two, but most of the time, man, you're going to think you're doing great when you're probably not. Chances are your, your copy is just mediocre or, or just kind of par and it's okay and it works, but it's really not what we want. When you start thinking about your audience and how you can create a narrative and how you can give them the ideas of how, what life looks like if you complete this task I'm asking you to do, if you start thinking through, like even when it's a social media post, what do I want them to do? I've stated a problem. I got a solution. Here's the, what I want them to do. If it's something like, I just want you to watch this video or I just want you to inter- uh, comment on this post. I just want you to like read the scripture I told you to read in this in this post or whatever. If you're thinking through how your copy is going to be best, it's going to get the best uh, results for that, then it's going to increase the engagement. It's going to increase all the, th- the income. It's going to increase all the things that you're trying to hit as goals And the reason is because you didn't procrastinate and you took the time to let your copy breathe a little bit. You let yourself look at it a little bit. You even had time to ask other people what they thought and get their eyes on it. And they probably found 10 misspelled words and an improper use of the word your. So that is something valuable that you don't want to put out there real quick because you're used to being a last minute hero. And I'll tell you, I was a youth pastor and youth pastors and worship pastors were the worst. We're the worst at this. We think that because we're cool, we can just simply you know, whip something together real fast and it's going to be fine. It's going to be great at the last minute. And, and guys, girls, please hear me. It's only great in your mind. You might have some talent, but talent without work is waste. It's waste. It's wasteful. And I hate to see it happen. So don't procrastinate. So those are some of the things. Let me go through them real quick. Uh, the list one more time of hacks and ways to chop through writer's block specifically, um, before Chuck Norris kicks you in the face. Um, write intro at the top or some starting word, read something that inspires you, that encourages you and put you in the mindset, start in the middle. If the beginning's not coming quick, uh, write the structure of the outline of what you want to write down so you can fill in some blanks. Change your location, get a new perspective, ignore your phone, turn on, do not disturb and don't procrastinate because you will not have the quality of work that really God deserves. So put it that all those list, that list together, put it somewhere where you can read it again. And, uh, you know, cause you don't want to end up like, um, uh, the, the descendants of 
giraffes. The descendants of giraffes once uh, crossed Chuck Norris and he kicked them in the face. They used to be horses and now they're giraffes. And that's just a sad, sad state. You don't want to be a giraffe. Be a horse. Be a horse that Chuck Norris can ride into into glorious battle. Uh, that is the kind of copywriters we want to be. Go get the show notes for today at SethMuse.com slash 60. And I'll be back with some guests coming up very soon now that we have fast internet and I can actually upload these podcasts to the interweb without uh, waiting all night long. So thank you guys so much for listening and I will catch you guys later. See you.